Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, and welcome to Practical Parenting's podcast, Baby Whisperer. I'm your host, Erin Craven. I'm a journalist, I'm a magazine editor. I'm a Netflix addict, and most importantly, I'm a mum of two gorgeous boys. My youngest is six years old, and my stepson is 17, so we've been through both ends of the spectrum there. Of course, babies don't come with a manual, so in this podcast, we're going to answer your questions, go through some of the myths and old wives' tales, and basically everything you need to know about being a new parent. And here joining us again is Judy Tripodi, Child and Family Health Nurse at Tresillian Family Centres. Judy, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, thank you, Erin, for inviting me. Hey, Judy, it's the $1 million question that every parent wants answered. Why is my baby crying? Okay. Oh, that's yeah, it, it is very tricky, Erin. And, and I think it depends on the age of the baby. So are we talking about a younger baby here? We're talking about a newborn baby. I guess it's that first couple of weeks when you come home and you think, what am I doing? Why are they crying? I, I don't understand what, what they're wanting. Yeah. So with um, newborn babies, and I, I define a newborn baby or a younger baby, say up to about uh, three months of age, there's uh, babies are born with very immature body systems, in particular their brain and their gut. And, and we know too, their immune system. So we have to protect babies against infections and this sort of thing. The immaturity of their body systems uh, causes this developmental sort of phase where they have these periods of crying. And we still don't know why, why it happens for in 2019. And that crying can be uh, for very long periods day or night. And I suppose just to reassure everybody that, that it is normal, that it's something that just happens. It will stop. I can give everybody hope. It will, well, it will reduce at least. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, it will get better as the baby sort of hits around that three month mark and they've, um, and it's just that time factor there. And how much crying is normal then? You say it's it's normal for babies to cry, but how much do they often cry? Okay, so at Tresillion we actually, um, we, we do have a sleep book actually, which has some of these definitions in there. Uh, it could be anywhere, say, from one to five um, hours or more in a 20, in a 24 hour period. Um, and, um, certainly I've worked with families where they'll say to me that their baby has been crying like for eight hours plus. Wow. Um, and that, that's crying right through air and that, that's sort of like not, not having much of a break. And that, that is really hard if it's, Overnight, and I'm guessing that Mum's in there crying as well, probably <laughs> along very, with that. <laughs> very, very much because you think of this as happening like day after day after day, it it just wears you down because you're just totally exhausted and sleep deprived, and and because of that, you're not going to think as clearly uh, when they do cry. But I just want to reassure everyone that it is normal. Certainly, I would want them to see somebody though. So if anybody's concerned 
is their baby crying too much, it is important for them to actually go in in person to see their child and family health nurse or even their um, GP just to have baby baby um, assessed because they're we, we know, like what I'm saying, that there's these normal crying periods, but we want to rule out any other factors that could be contributing to the crying. Yeah. One of the things we hear about with crying is that the baby's got colic or you've got a colicky baby. What what does that mean? Yeah, so colic's probably a bit of an old-fashioned term too. And colic, um, I think a lot of lay people would think, or especially the grandmas, would think of colic as like wind mm. or uh, gut pain or things like that. The actual definition of colic is still debated amongst a lot of professionals. But um, there's a rule of three, and I hope I can remember the rule of three. It's if they, um, if the baby has this unconsolable crying, so you can't sue them no matter what you do. You're holding the baby, you're fed them, their nappy's not wet, they're still screaming and crying. Uh, they cry um, for more than three hours in in a day. So like I mentioned before, there's some babies that could cry like five, six hours plus. Mm. And, and it happens for more than um, three days in the week. We, we still really don't know colic, but it just, I suppose people refer to it as like really bad crying. Mm. Right. Okay. And how do you sue the baby then that that is inconsolable? Okay. So I suppose you can, when I work with families, I I sort of try to arm them at least with some steps to go, to go through. So certainly with a, with a younger baby, we want to make sure they're not crying from being hungry. And that's really important in under like eight weeks in particular. Um, Often, sometimes I work with lots of breast, breast, feeding mothers and the babies can cry when there's not enough milk or even Erin when there's too much milk Mm. babies can cry from being overfed and also too with particular formulas um, whether one formula may not suit a baby than another so there's we we have to look at the feeding part um, to rule out then we also look at is baby um, nappy wet or like that sort of stuff. Are they yeah. passing water? Are they opening their bowels regularly? Um, is the baby too hot? Is the baby too cold? Uh, so working through a bit of a check a checklist there. Then after that, if you think, okay, all of that's right, then we've got our um, settling strategies. And these are all on our Tresillion website. We've got excellent references to how to support these crying uh, crying babies. There's actually a section called crying that you can go into with really uh, good information. But um, an age-old technique of wrapping or swaddling the baby is still very relevant today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to have the baby dressed up like a mummy though. Yes. <laughs> so we want the baby, um, we do know, we know now that it's important that there's a bit of movement around the hips. So we don't want the baby's legs sticking out or that sort of stuff. And you can have, and we don't want the baby's arms at the side either, but you can have the baby's arms up across the chest because some babies like, some babies even if they're wrapped like to have their hands up by their face because Mm -hmm. that's self-soothing and they might even want to suck on their fists. Um, So that is really good because what wrapping does, it contains those movements. It helps just, um, that, that, that is likened to when you hold your baby. That's why a lot of babies love to be held because when you hold them, you're containing them and that's what wrapping does too. Uh, So that's a good way to help settle your baby. 
um, you trying to stay calm is important because if you're tense, it'll transfer to baby. So you can pat, gentle body rock, shush, sing to your baby, uh, can be very calming. Um, I mentioned before about babies sucking. Babies love to suck. That actually, research says, re- um, helps relax them and and they can suck on their fists. You can get a dummy if you want to. There's always this debate about the dummy. Yeah, there's always this debate about the dummy, but I think you've got to fight your battles. And if this gets your baby to sleep, then use it. Um, you can try the other methods first, but your dummy's there as a tool in your toolbox to use. And then we can look, we, we can address the dummy as they get older if it becomes an issue. Yeah. But um, it's certainly like try other things first and then use the dummy. I'll just make a brief point with the dummy. If you are having issues attaching your baby to the breast, though, you might hear some of the lactation consultants or child and family health nurses mentioning don't use a dummy before a month of age um, That because it can interfere with the baby learning to breastfeed and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, yeah, I can't, I can't really see an issue with the dummy and we certainly use it at Tresillion. I know we all, I think we probably all start out thinking my baby's not going to have a dummy and I, I know I did and I think we got to day three. <laughs> Let's go get a dummy. <laughs> yeah, and with dummies, you, you don't need to buy the fanciest either. Yeah. Um, you can just buy any old cheap dummy. Um, the uh, the main thing is you don't want it too big where the baby's going to gag. So you might need a bit of trial and error with it, but you don't need to buy, you, you don't need to buy fancy, fancy dummies. Yeah. We're tiptoeing into the the controversial issues now. We've, we've, we've mentioned the dummy, but what about controlled crying? Is that ever okay? Should you let your baby just cry it out? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's a really good question, Erin. At Tresillion, we say no to controlled crying. We don't um, use it at all. Rather, we use a evidence based settling method called responsive settling, and what that means is you look at your baby. And uh, you look at your baby's um, cues, what they're trying to communicate to you, because babies can't talk. Children aren't verbal talking until they're at least two. So we've got to look at their body languages. What is, what's my baby trying to, trying to tell me here? So we use this responsive settling, meaning look at your baby, respond sensitively to their needs. Try and figure out what, what's actually wrong. Not putting them in a room to cry like for five minutes before you go in and then increase the crying increments. So that's what controlled crying was. Very popular in the 80s. Dr. Uh, Christopher Green on the Today Show with Ray Martin, I remember, he would <laughs> always be there and um, he he sort of wrote books, bestsellers. Um but we don't do that anymore. And what's interesting with my work is that term has now been called crying, crying it out yeah. method. So there's mums now that I see that are using that. And then they say they're crying because they can't bear hearing their baby cry. So Tresillian says no to all of that sort of stuff. Is that across the board or is that just while they're newborn babies? Do you, do we sort of let them cry it out for a bit longer once they're older perhaps? Uh, no, across the board. Yeah. So certainly as a child gets older um, and they're nearing their first birthday or even beyond that, they're going to respond really quite quickly um, and can get distressed quite quickly. If they're not too distressed, we would say give them a little bit of space 
um, before you go to support them. But we don't we we don't want children to cry for too long. Now, what what we know, Erin, is that if they cry too long, they'll get more distressed, and it will take actually longer to help them settle. So we're better intervening sooner, and that way we'll have more success getting them to sleep sooner. Oh, that's really interesting to know. Judy, you mentioned looking at your baby. So what are some of your baby's cues? Okay. Uh, so that that's the new language that we're using and that we're sharing with new parents, Erin, is to, rather than that control crying, which we had touched on before, responding sensitively to your baby. So that means looking at these um cues that they have, which can be their expressions on their on their face and their body movements. So if we're talking about a crying baby here, which um, could sort of suggest tired cues or things like that, it, there, there's quite a list of different cues and, and these are on our website. We've got in the crying section a good tip sheet called infant cues. Um, but for example, uh, a cue for me saying that baby's not managing what whatever you're doing and that they, um, say, might be ready to go to sleep would be they could have stiff they, – they could suddenly be stiff where before they were quite relaxed. They can have jerky body movements. Um, they can have like a grimace on their face. They could be looking at you before when they were quite engaged and suddenly they're staring into space or they might like – turn their face, turn their eyes to the side. Um, crying um, is a later cue, so you might have missed the boat there. So if you can try to avoid the crying is good, but other signs, say, of um, baby needing to sleep could be yawning. Um, an older baby would rub eyes, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's funny you say that, Judy. I think I still cry when I'm too tired. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's um and I think the interesting is thing too. You you sort of think um yourself when you're uh, talking to somebody and when somebody's not interested in you, and think of what body movements they're doing. So the the eye contact, the um the 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 sort of the turning posture away, they're, they're, um, they're sort of signs. So yeah, it's, it's just a new way that we look at our babies and it's the basis for all of our, um, Tresillian settling methods. And what we do at Tresillian is really now based on this, um, infant cues. Fantastic, because we all think we don't know what our baby's telling us because they can't talk, but they obviously are telling us something. Certainly. Yeah. So if you're trying something, say for example, Erin, like if you're wanting to feed the baby, and they're pushing back from you and turning their head away, then that's letting you know that they're not wanting to do that. So not feed and, and look to do something else. What should you do if you're having trouble listening to your baby cry? You said before, and we we, talk, we touched on the fact that, you know, your baby's been crying for hours and you've shed a few tears along there as well. What should you do if you're finding it really difficult? Yeah, I would think uh, first off, call your partner. If you're able to. We always forget the dads in this or the, or the partners in this, don't we? Certainly. Call your partner. I have many even partners contact us and say like on behalf of their, of their, of the mum. And so call, call your partner, call any extended family if you can. Even just talking to somebody on the phone can help you, um, just lessen that anxiety and distress that you're having. They might even come over, like if it's your mum, mother-in-law, a sister, sister-in-law, whoever, friend, come to help give you a break because nothing is bad is if it's shared and you're not on your own. Um, if you're at the point where you can't do that, 
and you haven't got that luxury, then I think we have to talk of safety a little bit here. Mm. Nothing's going to happen to the baby if they're in a safe place screaming. So pop them in a safe place, the bassinet, the pram, and you go and try and collect yourself. Go outside if it's in the day. Just go somewhere. Let out a whole lot of tears. Try to reduce your own um, stress and anxiety. You can call us at Tresillion. Uh, you can call any of the um, helplines that are available to you. Um, and, um, yeah, I, prob- I, I would probably just say that. Just don't bear the burden on your own. That's really sound advice, Judy. And, of course, it will pass. Yes, yeah, it thing. will pass. Yeah, this this crying in this newborn period is self-limiting. I only was working with a family the other, last week actually, Erin, where the father had contacted to say the baby had, he must have got home, and the baby had been crying like for the last 10 hours and his his wife was strung out. They tried everything. Yeah. And I just sort of said to them, just hold the baby and like take turns holding and you've just got to ride it out. The next night he called because he was worried because the baby had slept all day. <laughs> so it was. He can't win. <laughs> he can't win. And anyway, so, and, and you often might hear that you have like a few bad days and the next day, the next few days, the baby can be a little bit better and then the cycle goes back again. Yeah. So um, it is self-limiting, but it's really hard when you're going through it. Absolutely. I think we've all sat there with the crying baby thinking, when is this going to end? Yeah. I, I think with things like, um, we, we just we, we with anything if we've got a problem we find a solution and then it's fixed managing small babies doesn't work that way so I think that's what's often the struggle for new parents thank you Judy so much for coming in and chatting with us again today oh, you're more than welcome Erin for more advice on newborn and parenting expertise head to practicalparenting.com.au and we'd love for you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast We'll see you next time on the next episode of Practical Parenting's Baby Whisperer podcast. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.